Hi there, Fortlakers. Thank you for downloading this brand new episode of Series 3 of the What The Fortlake Podcast. Every week, Rob and I are going to bring you some inspirational stories from our amazing running community, along with some laughs and nonsense from us. Now, before we get started, if you enjoy the show today, there's a few ways that you can support us. Firstly, wherever it is that you get your podcast, please do subscribe. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, then please leave us a review and a rating, which goes a long way to making our show more visible to people who may enjoy it. In addition to this, we have a brand new YouTube channel and we're putting out exclusive content every single week. Please do head over there, subscribe, like some of the videos and make sure you hit the notification. There's stuff on there you will not find anywhere else. And that's the only way to make sure that it's beamed directly to your phone the second it comes available. Yeah, we're also really active on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or contact us directly through our dedicated email address. All the info's in our bio. Give us a follow, share with your friends, and come and have a chat with us. If this is the first time that you're listening to us, first off, where have you been? But secondly, we do have a massive back catalogue of shows that are available, including the entirety of Series 1 and 2, free to listen to, and they always will be. There's some great episodes in there that we are very, very proud of. So go on, check them out, and let us know what you think. Yeah, and finally, Rob is still on the fundraising grind on the way to his Berlin Marathon, all in support of Prostate Cancer UK. He's raised over 500 quid so far, and he'll be embarking on some more wacky challenges throughout the year. So support him, keep your eyes peeled, share the story, and get involved where you can. Most importantly, if you can spare some change, then head over to our Just Giving page. The link is in our social media and in our bio. Any donations are gratefully received. How was that, dude? Yes, better every time, mate. Hit the music! Are you a loner or a groupie? How do you enjoy your run? Like to take it easy or shoot a black gun? Whatever your ability, this is the place to be. So welcome to the what the fuck they call community. If you're 17, 25, push it 82. Come along, join us, this is the place for you. Welcome to the what the fuck they call What up, Fartlekers? Welcome to Season 3, Episode 4 of the What The Fartlek Podcast. My name's Matt. What are you doing? My name's Matt. What are you doing? Doing the intro. You don't do the intro, I do the intro. Welcome to Series 3, Episode 4 of the What The Fartlek Podcast. My name's Matt. Do you want to tell people how many takes it took you to get this right? (laughs) (laughs) Go on, you do it. Oh, my name's Rob. <laughs> Calling me out, you swine. <laughs> oh, mate. You did a good um, job. Uh, how are we doing, my friend? You all right? Yes, all good, all good. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good, thank you. Good. Nice one, nice one. How's your week been? Yeah, good, thank you. Thank you very much. It's been good. Uh, I just wanted to, sorry, I seem a little bit distracted. I'm thinking it's been a little bit long since we've had a dad joke. Thought I might throw a dad joke at you. Oh, straight in it. Oh, go on then. Watch called Pony with a sore throat. Go on. A little horse. <laughs> no? Oh, dear. Um, okay, okay. That's, that's, is that, that, that one for Jen Morgan, that one, is it? That's for Jen Morgan. I've got another one for Jen Morgan. I've got one for you, Matt. Go on then. Did you hear about the restaurant on the moon? Go on. Great food. No atmosphere, though. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just, so, so how's your week been, mate? <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks, mate. Segway directly from that. Yeah, it's been good, thanks, man. It's been good. Um, running has gone well. Uh, running on tired little legs, to be honest. Uh, really starting to feel this 
base build that we're doing this uh, this this uh, program that we're trying to work our way back up after a good, I'd say six months of pretty slack running and inconsistent running from my perspective, going up to five days a week plus strength and conditioning. I'm definitely feeling it. I went out and did four miles today. Today is Tuesday. Um, and it was meant to be an easy four miles after a rest day. And it was tough. Mm. It was tough. So my, my, I'm definitely feeling tight in the legs. But Jack's nodding in the background, Coach Jack. So I assume they're just the doms. That's a good thing. They'll go away. So I'm just fighting through it. Gunning myself a lot. Uh, foam yes. rolling a lot. Um, yeah, but overall, really enjoying it. Sun's out, fun's out, isn't it? How are you yes, doing, yeah. mate? How's your running been? Yeah, same, same, yeah, pretty much. Um, just trying to stick to the plan. I know it's difficult with work and kids and family and all that sort of stuff, but yeah, just getting it done, being out today. And <clears throat> should have done the same as you with four miles, but I ended up doing a few more because I was chasing uh, <laughs> chasing for the main mat run stuff. Uh, yes. Yes, you were. Nisha, sure. yeah. So I ended so, up doing nearly seven. <laughs> yeah. And the last two miles were like 6.50 pace because I was getting late for my steps on finishing. Absolutely so, ridiculous. Uh, and then we've yeah. got hill trade tomorrow, haven't we? Yeah, Jack's shaking his head like, shouldn't be doing that. Shouldn't be doing that. Never mind. You, 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 had, you had pubs to find. And we're going to find <laughs> out a little bit more about how you got on in this week's Make Matt Run Challenge mm-hmm. later in the show. But it is in amongst a very packed show, Matthew, I believe. So why don't you tell our lovely certainly listeners? certainly is, yeah. So we got... Uh, go on. What, sorry? <laughs> why don't you tell everyone what you got coming All right. on? Yeah, uh, so we've got a chat about Kit Jogan, the NN Marathon. Uh a little bit of a chat about the six marathon six stars, uh, the six majors. So some people might not know a little and much about that. Make my run stuff. A uh, little bit of stuff about the Fart Lake family scavenges that we're up to. Good news stories. Maybe a call from Chapman. Chapman John. Chapman. <laughs> Chapman. Chapman. Chapman John. Chapman. 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 <laughs> oh, quite tell I've had a beer today. Uh, Right, yeah, yeah call, call from Statman John, maybe, and then a few thank yous to finish off. Is that it? That's about it, isn't it? Chat with uh, Amrit Gatora as well. I guess the main part of the show, the person whose name is in the title of this episode. <laughs> I knew there was one missing off that. Yeah, and that is why we're talking about uh, the Abbott World Majors, aren't we, sir? Because Mr. Amrit Gatora is a six-star finisher, which you yes. a lot of people know what that means, and a lot of people are very envious of that accomplishment. It is a big, big accomplishment. Uh, but for those of you who don't, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit before the chat, I think, so that you can do a bit of a bit, a bit of homework before we get started to, to make it make a bit more sense and make your jaws drop a little bit further to the floor when you find out what Amrit's achieved. Great guy, really, really good guy, mm-hmm. uh, and a great chat that we're looking forward to. So... First thing on the agenda was Mr. Elliot Kipchobe. Kipchobe? Turn it into you. You bloody word it off on me. Mr. King Elliot Kipchoge, who ran the NN Marathon this week. Um, Last run before Tokyo, I believe. Um, And a big deal, considering the setbacks that he had at London. Should we get Jack on, uh, our resident race expert? Yes. So, Jack, set the scene for us. Why was this a big deal for Kipchoge? Hello, hello, hello. I'll, I'll try and say the names correctly and try not to throw in your suit. So, it was the NN Mission Marathon in the 2020 airport in Holland. You literally got seven words, <laughs> seven words out before you two messed up. And 
and I haven't had a beer. No. So it was meant to be in Hamburg. That got the the plug got pulled because of pandemic and all what's going on. So they moved it, and there were seventy runners. A lot of them bidding for the Olympic qualifying time um, from various different countries: Germans, Polish, uh, Sweden, Spanish, Portuguese. Loads of people there. But the main part of the show was Kipchoge. I think that's what we we're all there to watch. Obviously, in London last time he ate, he was all built up to win it. Battle of Bekele. Bekele dropped out. Kipchoge went there and sort of collapsed. Well, not collapsed, but fell apart in the last sort of sort of twelve kilometers, maybe a bit more, and came across the line in two oh six forty nine or something. Which I mean, rubbish, rubbish. I mean, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take that on a bad day. Bloody yeah, rubbish. He went there. To, he went for this NN Mission Marathon, sort of show that he's still there he's going to perform well at tokyo i mean we all probably knew he would anyway um obviously he wasn't going to go out and do a 201 202 he just wanted to get solid effort so he stuck with his trainer training partner jonathan career i think his name is stuck with him all the way until 9k to go where he pulled away he did a 1445 5k whilst he pulled away between 30 and 35k which is mad um and finished in 20430 which i think sort of shows that he is still going to be around and in the olympic marathon it's not so much about the time it's all about racecraft and sticking with people and pushing on at the end which i think kipchoge illustrated that by doing a 14 45 5k in the closing stages that's that's obviously what he wanted to do his training partner also got the olympic qualifying standard so they were all happy all around and then not forgetting the ladies there was katharina steinruck from germany who finished in 225 59 and the top 10 females all um got within their olympic qualifying standards so the females were running really well and then from now kipchoge's just got one last marathon in august uh, before he goes to the tokyo olympics to try and bid for his fourth olympic medal so i've got fingers crossed that he's going to do it but i think it's going to be an exciting one I mean, he's definitely got a good kick on him, but can he do it on a rainy school field in Sheffield on a Saturday afternoon <laughs> with an egg and spoon in his hand, Matt? Can he? <laughs> it was warm. It weren't raining. We're all right. <laughs> is this is this a call out to Kipchoge for the next Make Matt Run? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> Go and get some. Yeah. Matt might have a chance if we tie his legs together. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you have to wear a twenty kilo race. backpack. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, brilliant, yeah, really good, R- really good. Thanks, Jack. As informative as ever, I really, I re- really enjoyed these bits. I think, especially when uh, it's in the build-up to the to the Olympics, and we're mm. talking about qualifying times, it does add that extra little bit of spice to it, doesn't it? And it, it kind of gives you a little bit more of an exciting concept to think about, and it definitely has piqued my interest more than than the elite marathon running has in the past. So mm. I've really, really enjoyed the, the chats that we've had and the stuff that happened with the British qualifying a couple of weeks ago. And and then there's been some controversy around that as well. And then this happening and just seeing different people qualifying. And I'm actually, I don't know about you guys, but I'm really, really looking forward to the marathon at Tokyo now. I think it's going to be, I honestly think there could be sort of six runners that could win it. Whereas in the past, you've sort of only known it to be sort of two or three who can win it. It's always been the big names, but I think there's, Americans, we haven't heard much of Galen Rupp recently, but no, he's been training well. There's Katata, who won the London Marathon, Kipchoge, obviously, Bekele, Callum Hawkins, who's running really, really well, and he's got really good racecraft. So even if Callum Hawkins gets a medal, that's amazing. But 
I think it's going to be really exciting, to be honest. So I'll be waiting eagerly to watch. How glad are you, Matty Taylor, that he's just pronounced all them names and you didn't have to? <laughs> I didn't have them in phonics sounds in front of me. Yeah. So I screwed me. I'd be... <laughs> he didn't have his soundboard. <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt's big book of runners. I could have just used Google Voice again, couldn't I? <laughs> Uh, no, really interesting. We'll keep a close eye on that as things develop and definitely excited for, for Tokyo. I think we're going to have to have a, an Olympic special, aren't we, when it gets when it gets close to the time. We'll, we'll dissect all that stuff. But thank you, Jackie boy. Appreciate your expert knowledge as ever. Uh, moving on then, my fine four-foot friend, I just wanted to touch briefly on a little bit of a quickfire. My voice went really high then. Quickfire. Um <laughs> Uh, challenge that we put in place uh, our fart like mm. family scavenge so that yeah. started last week this episode goes out on Thursday so there'll be four days left of it it's a, a scavenger hunt that we've uh, we've put That's in it. place for our, for our community fart like family uh, we're tasking them every couple of days to go and find some new items people really seem to be digging it we've got about 95 people taking part what do you reckon to it so far mate? Yeah mate it's been, been good hasn't it the, uh, the amount of tags and posts we've seen on facebook from people finding all the different things that we've had uh, we've put out for them to find it's been amazing yes a bit like the uh, the last time we had the mate matt runs stuff the uh, most mile wins it's a bit like that in it it's, yeah it's good it's good good seeing all the posts and tags from people yeah i agree i think the mate matt run was a little bit of a poison chalice for us i think with the the most miles wins i don't know what you reckon but it went so well and people got so involved and so engaged it was so lovely to see all the positive feedback that people gave us and you know saying that it really helped them through lockdown and there were a couple of mitigating factors afterwards we had people saying we want more give us something else we had the fact that we're not in lockdown anymore so people probably got a little bit less time to commit an effort and energy to commit to some kind of challenge. And the third, the biggest one was, how bad did we struggle trying to think of something else to do? Yeah, so it's a better it. We've got no chance, no chance at all. I mean, we were umming and ahhing, it took us three three weeks, three episodes to, to put something out there for people. Yeah, it's been, it's been difficult, but people are enjoying this this new challenge. It's good. Yeah, it was definitely a bit last minute, wasn't it? I think we came up, <laughs> the, light, the light bulb came on and we were like, can we get this out in 24 hours? Matt, go and make some graphics. Joe, go and tap everybody up. I'll go make yeah. a video. It was a mad week, up. yeah. Mad week, weren't it? Everybody, everybody chipped in from the team. Everybody everybody got involved and uh, asked, asked all the people to get involved. And, yeah, it's just, just be, it were a mad a mad rush, but we, I think we've hopefully pulled it off for people. It seems like people are enjoying it. So that one looks at the end of this week. And I think that's probably going to be the way forward. We are super committed to the community challenges. We want to keep them going. We appreciate that there's a, a, a group of people out there that are a big part of what we do. Listen to the podcast, checking out the YouTube, doing all that good stuff, following us, supporting us, chatting to us. We appreciate you guys so much. And we don't want you to to go away and you know what i mean no, so no. these kind of community challenges hopefully make people feel a bit more involved make you feel as much of a part of the show as we want you to be um so we're going to keep doing them i think maybe this approach of doing these little micro challenges little one two weeks at a time and then i don't know maybe maybe another something big something big <laughs> when maybe. you know when you put this challenge out you know when you put this this the last one out from this week the uh horses and tractors did you ever think that some did find more tractors than horses no no <laughs> it was really impressive oh yes here we here we find the mythical beach of the tractors where there are four thousand tractors i was like, i didn't know that kind of thing existed like um oh. anyway very very um 
yeah, it's been great to see. But yeah, keep your eyes peeled and your ears pricked, as Matt likes to say. Um, because we're gonna we're gonna keep doing these kind of community challenges. We hope you're enjoying them. And then we'll we'll go big again in the summer, I think. Definitely. Uh right then. So I want to talk a little bit about oh, hang on. Uh, yeah, you'll, you know what that is, don't you? Ah, oh, yes, he's here again. I think so. Right, hang on, let me answer. Hello! Hello, lads. That lads. How are we doing, sir? You all right? I am, I'll be honest, actually, I'm a bit embarrassed. Oh, no, why? What's happened? I've uh, had to go off the grid for a few days. I've been living <laughs> off soil. <laughs> why? I thought I was being followed. <laughs> <laughs> Who was following you, Statman John? It was everywhere I went, and I had enough, so I ran for a while. And I realised it was my own body. <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't being followed, no? No, Was it your shadow, Statman John, do you think? No, it was literally my legs. <laughs> Right, Starman John, you were in the beautiful south of France in, as you eloquently put it, Cannes last week. Where are you now? I am finally in New Zealand. Where? Hey! And it's definitely not Durham, right? It's not. I went somewhere else. I'm in Wellington, New Zealand. I don't want to do Auckland again. Back in, you, were in, you, were, you were in Australia two weeks ago, so why didn't you just go over the water to New Zealand? Because I don't want to be followed, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I have to say, Perth, Australia to Wellington, New Zealand via the south of France is a pretty unique route if you're trying to throw people off the scent. <laughs> well, you can see, that's why I was so shocked. I thought I was being followed. <laughs> by, by your own legs. Mm, yes. Right, okay. <laughs> So, uh, man John, if you have travelled back across hemispheres, you'll have needed some ID to do so. So, Matt, why don't you hit us with some theme music? Uh, take my ID. Take so, ID. Whose identity have you stolen this week, Statman John? Uh, this week, I am Jenna Morgan, 6187. Jen Morgan from across the sea. Our, our, our following in America. Can we just say we, we don't condone this uh, ID stealing? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't actually steal ID from people unless you're Statman John, in which case, yeah. you know, we can't, we, we can't really stop him. He, he does what he wants. Um, oh, you cannot be, <laughs> cannot be tamed. Um, uh, so, what are you up to while from New Zealand, sir? A uh, couple of things. I don't know if you lads know, but this is the land of the sheep. <laughs> Where is this going? There is approximately nine sheep to one human, so I thought, fantastic, I'll come here. Uh, <laughs> Why? Got a, got a thing for sheep, have you stuck on job? I like their wild hair, it reminds me of my own. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, what are you getting up to while you're out there, Statman John? Uh, just the one adventure, which is tomorrow, uh, I'm going to the beehive, and I cannot wait. I love bees. 
the beehive. Yes, I am currently filling my pockets with pollen and nectar, ready to feed them. <laughs> oh, Jesus, this just gets worse every week. Um, so, the beehive, you're going to see some bees. So, you basically, what you're saying is you've gone cross-continent to see some sheep and visit a beehive. Yes. Nothing else planned while you're there. No, not that fills my bucket list for this journey. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Well, I'm sure you're gonna have a lovely time. Uh how about the search for Harold Statman, John? How's that going? Is is he is he in is he in New Zealand? No sign of him here, lads. Damn it! Oh, Harold, man. Just come, just come home, Harold, if you're listening. We need to Tiny antes. You are not in trouble. I just want you home. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So I believe you've got a beehive to get to, Statman John, so we will leave you to it. Uh, but hopefully you're going to call us and we'll speak to you next week. I, I do hope. Yes, definitely, lads. All right. Tomorrow, lads. All blessed. See you later. Did he say the beehive or a beehive? Uh, um... I think he said the, the beehive, didn't he? So, is he talking about the beehive as in that big building in Wellington called the beehive? Oh, is, there, is there a building in that Wellington called the beehive? Yeah, yeah, it's like a, it's like a parliament building. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> so I think he's, <laughs> he's going to be bitterly disappointed <laughs> when, when, when he rocks up expecting actual bees. Yeah, we have a pocket full of pollen. <laughs> um, oh, Jesus. The gift I didn't even know. I didn't even know that that were a building. Yeah, well, I, I don't oh, think he wow. died. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, be, brilliant. He's going to be disappointed. Uh, right, but anyway, always a joy to catch up with <laughs> SMJ. Oh, yes. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> the, the the enigma wrapped in a riddle. Riddle wrapped in an enigma, whatever. Um, we'll hear from him again next week. Uh, but he did distract us from our course he of did. conversation because we were about to start talking about the Abbott World Majors because we're going to get over and talk to Amrit in a minute. Mm. But I think we were think we were saying, weren't we, that it'd probably be good to have a little chat before that uh, because there might be some people who don't really understand or know what, what Amrit's talking about when he talks about his accomplishment of being a six-star finisher. Uh, we do get into it in the conversation, he does explain it, but we thought maybe he's a little bit of a prerequisite um, we could talk about it because you're you're one sixth of the way towards being a six star finisher. Aren't I you? am, yes. I'm on, I'm on my way, mate. I'm on my way to a six star finish. Yes, I am. The the, uh, the London Marathon is is one of those major marathons. Yeah. And yeah. Jack Jack is a sixth of the way. Jack is a, a Berlin Marathon finisher. So I sure am. So he's done one of his six. That I didn't. That I was talking about. You're not too <laughs> from you. Um, so, <laughs> I, I am a no-star finisher. So, yeah, the Abbott World Major, six six marathons. Uh, You're hoping to get one, though. This, yes. This year, fingers yes. crossed, all yes. being well. If it all goes ahead, hopefully Berlin. So when, uh, so, when you hear people talking about the majors, they're talking about London Marathon, Berlin Marathon, the Tokyo Marathon, and then the three American marathons, Chicago, New York, and the biggie, the crown Boston. jewel, which is Boston, <clears> uh, which, of course, is... The toughest one to do. Uh, mm-hmm. They're all tough to get into because they've all got ballots. I think Chicago, Berlin, Jack might keep me honest. 
of the easiest in terms of number of people that apply compared to number of places. Um, but obviously London is London. Uh, New York and Tokyo are pretty tough and expensive. But Boston, of mm. course, uh, yes. you have to be able to run a certain time. Yeah, you have to qualify, don't you? It's a, it's a, it's a tough one, that one. It really is. Yeah. Wow, and Jack, Jack should told me you need to be sub 245 to run Tokyo or get in through the ballot. So yeah, so, so good for ages isn't isn't mandatory, but is very uh, very difficult for Tokyo. Whereas Boston, it just is what it is. You've got to you've got to you've got to do it. Um, yeah, and I, know, I think for I think for our age, it's it's sub three hours. I think for Boston, something like that, three or five. Speak speak for yourself, friend. <laughs> I'm I'm still in the sub two. Uh, I mean, you're in the three or five bracket. I'm still in the sub three bracket for three more months. Oh yeah. <laughs> Clinging, <laughs> clinging perils, perilously. You're still the store up here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. I think uh, no. I mean, even when I'm like fifty, I think for men yeah. it's like three thirty, three thirty-five. There's no chance. I was talking to Sammy about it actually because she was uh, she, she was saying, "Oh, I wonder if, if I could do it." And I was like, mm. "I think female qualifying time for our age is about three thirty-five." Is it for, for Sammy? Yeah, for Sammy, yeah, and 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 she and, and I think she's well capable of that. She's yeah, probably better than me over longer distances. She's just not got that experience in running marathons. So I think if I ever do get to go to Boston, it'll be cheering Sammy on, if I'm honest, mm. or cheering Jack on, maybe. Mm. Um, but yeah, dream to, dream to do them them six stars and get that qualifying time. But I think it's it, for, for the likes of me and you. Uh, I think it's way off. I think it's way it, off. It, it remains a dream, and it's quite sad that really, isn't it? But it is. I guess I guess it's all down to, to 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 your training, your mentality. It can take you a long way, you know, man. Like Amrit, we're going to talk to him, but if you look at what he ran his first marathon, his first London marathon, in compared yeah. to what he ran to BQ to Boston Qualify, oh, yeah. he shaved hours off his time. Mm. Hours, yeah, and you know what I mean. So th- there is the possibility there, but I just don't think I've got the commitment or the, <laughs> or the natural physical ability. I, I just you just can't, can't be asked. I, I, I just can't do it. I'm not good enough. Um, but no, it isn't. A lot of people are on that journey. We see it a lot on Instagram, don't we? People who are really, really into it. Um, and of course, the great thing is that if you complete all six Abbott, the uh, uh, sponsors, I guess, um, that you get an extra medal, don't you? So mm, yeah. you, get, you get a medal of all six stars. I mean, I'm it. interested in doing it, but I just haven't got money either. <laughs> 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 Could you imagine <laughs> running running that sub three oh five and then being like, oh, I got far to go. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Get the dinghy out. Cross <laughs> the Atlantic. Donna. No, no, no. Paddle, Donna. <laughs> oh, brilliant. No. Anyway, so if you are on the journey to the six stars becoming an Abbott six-star finisher. If you are just interested, if you've just been piqued by us talking about how we are so far away from being able to achieve it, um, or if you just like listening to inspiring people, the next half hour I think you're going to really, really enjoy. Um, we do talk about Amrit's running journey, but this is probably the first chat of its kind where we've really focused in on one topic. It's a very big topic. Years of his life that it took to accomplish these six races but it is very focused it's a bit different for us but i think you're gonna love it because we loved it so without further ado 
my buddy. Mm. Should we get over and have a chat to Mr. Amrit Pal Gutora? Let's go and do it. Right then, it is Thursday and you know what that means. It's time to chat to another amazing member of our running community. And today I'm joined by a seasoned runner, a veteran of some 19 marathons. He's a YouTuber, a running coach, and he is, and I say this with so much excitement, an Abbott world major six-star finisher. He's got a great story to tell, so we're going to get to it. I'm joined today by Mr. Amrit Pal Gutora. How are we doing today, sir? You all right? I'm good, Rob. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to, to chat with you today. No, no, the pleasure's all mine, man. I'm so excited to hear all about the majors, but also about your running journey in general. Um, we like to start these chats in the same place uh, every single week, if it's okay with you. A uh, common thread that binds us is running, uh, so we love telling those stories. Uh, can you just tell me a little bit about how you first got into running? Yeah, so I, it's, it's been many years now. I started running back in um, 2005, 2006 wow. years. So it's quite a long time, over 15 years ago. And I think initially when I started to run, it wasn't to, it wasn't for any particular time. It wasn't for anything like where maybe I would associate, associate with it now. It was more so, I remember finishing school, my GCSEs, and like obviously everyone goes to school and like we do we do PE with our friends. And I missed I missed that social fun activity that we used to have in school and during the summer holidays I, I just I just became very inactive and I was think I was looking for something to do and I just didn't know what to do and I think I I went into running based off the fact that I remember seeing the and I watched the 2004 Olympic Games in Athens and seeing Kelly Holmes and she won double Olympic gold I also also watched Paula Radcliffe won the London Marathon so them two were my biggest inspiration and sort of introduction into running mm-hmm. and, and my reference point into um, what I thought, okay, they made running look cool. Like they were doing it with a smile on their face. And I was like, okay. And then back in the summer of 2006, 2005, 2006, I just went to my local park, did like um, a 400 meters on the grass track. And I thought, okay, that, that's fine. I didn't have no kit. I just went in the stuff that I thought was good at the time. And then the next day I went back to two laps the day after that three four and five and so on and then eventually I started to sort of enjoy that I was doing it and then I started doing maybe a lap of the park and then I was literally just like I really enjoy running like like it's making me feel good I feel as if I'm getting active and I built a nice routine um I then sort of signed up for this is about a year later um I signed up for a race uh, it was like a, it was a Nike 10k event in Hyde Park it was basically North London versus South London I think Seb Cove was representing <laughs> North London and uh, Paul Radcliffe was representing South London I was representing North so basically you run a 10k and the fastest average time of all those people um, gets uh, gets looked at and then obviously the winners were announced we lost on the day and then I think that was my first introduction into an event and I was just like okay this is pretty cool and um I had my sights set on the London Marathon and I managed to win a ballot spot for 2008 and I mean from there it's just literally just gone a bit crazy really but that's initially how I literally started just just going out to my local park and just literally running a track one lap of the track. Yeah but consistently building up were you a keen sportsman at school then what, what did you play different sports at school? Yeah, I played everything at school. I loved being active, even through um, a childhood. I used to have a bike. I used to go out literally every day after school with my mates and stuff. Um, I think it's just as soon as that cut-off period from school and sort of me going to do my A-levels, it sort of it hit me in terms of I just need I need to fill a void. And mm. luckily, I was able to find running to fill that void. 
Yeah, definitely. And in, in those early years, then we'll get on to London Marathon in a minute because how, how lucky to get a London Marathon ballot sort of in those first couple of years, although I guess sort of 12, 13 years ago, it's not, it wasn't quite as difficult as it is now, is, was, is it? But um, what, what were the early memories then? Did you join a running club early on or was it all doing it on your own? How did that journey then progress in those first few years? So, yeah, obviously I was lucky to get the ballot spot on my first attempt. Oh, yeah, I thought it was just, yeah, I think everyone could. I, I initially thought everyone could just get in. I, never, <laughs> I, never had no, I didn't have no history of like the devastations of like 10 rejections. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. So I was completely detached from that. But I was doing a sandwich year um, when I received the, the news that I was doing the London Marathon. During that placement, I was working in London and there's many people in the office who are runners a lot older than me and they had experience of doing it. So I was, I wasn't with a club. I hadn't, I never joined a club for many, many years or I pretty much trained on my own. But within that, within that environment at work, um, I was able to just get tips and from people who had done it um get advice about kit and maybe what not to do, what to do. Um, but just generally, I still had to embark on it on my own, if that makes sense. And yeah um i managed to use that ballot spot i ra- i joined the british heart foundation and i raised two and a half grand for them Great charity. Which, was, which was amazing because it was just uh i just wanted to, to sort of feel that support from a charity and it's a charity which i've sort of feel very sort of close with as well and um so yeah no no running club just initially all all on my own all on your own now i think i know where this story is going to go i i assume that we're going to get the real bug at london <laughs> Everybody talks about how incredible London is as a race. How was the experience for you in 08 then? It was just mad. Like, my sole aim was to just survive the race. Like, <laughs> just just get there, turn up, don't mess anything up and just, just get yourself to the end. And, and I was wearing, like, a pair of tights, a pair of shorts, a base layer, a running vest. And I, was in, <laughs> I was literally in all the gear and it was such a miserable day. It was raining, it was cold and... Um, I remember starting, go sort of warming up in the area, just like popping to the portaloo, and I spoke to a guy. He could, I think, he could tell I was really nervous. And fair play to him because he came to talk to me, and like he just said to me that he had run fifteen marathons. And I looked up at him, and I think you're an absolute nutter. Like, <laughs> and then then he said to me, "It's your first. And then now, when now when I look back, and I'm like, I'm that nutter, and like, I'm that person. <laughs> it gets us, doesn't it, man? It gets us. But the buzz was incredible. I had my name on my chest. I had family come visit me. My friends from work were all there. And um, I remember finishing the race and just getting myself to the end. I remember a very sort of even sort of race, which I was quite proud about. And um, I remember finishing and someone asked me, did you enjoy it? And I actually genuinely said, yeah, I did. And I never said, oh, I wouldn't ever come back. So I think initially that initial feeling of completing the race, very sort of raw thoughts the half an hour or so after the race, I never, never hated it. So... I think it took me a while for me to accept, yep, I do like doing it. Obviously, I never did another marathon for another three years, but um, yeah, it was it was a great experience. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. Everyone says the same thing. But So you've ticked off a star in, yeah. on, on your major list, I imagine, without really knowing yeah, <laughs> what, sure. what, what the major list is. Uh, you said that there was probably three years then between you uh, you then running your next marathon. So talk to me a little bit about how that journey then develops into the 2010s. Yeah, so I did the 08 marathon. I then for 09, 10, um, I was at university. Just I just literally couldn't commit to another marathon. I kind of knew how much work it took um, to do it, and I just literally just couldn't um, juggle it with the workload and stuff at uni and um, and uni life, etc. So I, I kind of gave it the respect that you needed. That if I was to go again, I would want to commit to it properly and maybe look to really, really better myself. So I was training. I was training with the Brunel. 
uh, tennis team. I was also training with the athletics team, just literally just turning up um, at their uh, sessions on the athletics track. I would do my own thing, but I was just looking at them and just like admiring how quickly they were moving and doing all their drills. And I wasn't taking part. I was just literally just sharing the track with them. So it was a nice indicator to sort of understand that track and field and sort of seeing it in person as well. But I then did the 2011 London Marathon. So it's three years after. And uh, again, I, I went for a charity spot because I think my feeling was because I enjoyed it so much and I had three years off the last one. Even though I never got in through the ballot, I was I was more than happy to get myself into the race. I just wanted to be a part of the race. And whether it was to raise money for charity, I didn't care because I thought I had good success with the first one. I'm, I was I was happy to do it again. And um, I managed to knock off about 23 minutes, I think it was, from wow. the four, four hours 42. Um, and again, it was a really hot day. It was, t- it was a tougher experience. I'm not going to lie. I found I found it a lot more tougher. It was a more more of a grinding experience and a little bit more grueling. Um, maybe because of the heat and um, I don't know. Maybe as as I was pushing myself a little bit more and sort of asking my body to do a little bit more. So I think, yeah, that that one definitely was a was a tough one. So yeah, three years after the first one, I managed to get myself back in. Yeah, and, and at this point, do, do you know about? the major series do you know that there's five other races out there that if you complete them then you're on a pretty a pretty short list no i had no idea i had no idea from 2010 11 12 13 no idea i was literally i was doing the london marathons in those years mm-hmm. uh, but it was only until uh i didn't do the london marathon in 2014 so i got married at the end of 2013 and i skipped the the 2014 london marathon and i thought okay i'm just gonna not do this one and maybe do an autumn race and that's when the charity sense reached out and said there's the berlin marathon mm-hmm. and i was like oh i fancy maybe going abroad it might be quite a good experience you can have like a mini mini break um so then i realized that okay then i started looking into it there's six races it's, i've done one star if i did berlin that's two um, so then I started to get a slight in, uh, introduction into what they were, or bear in mind I hadn't done it yet and what it sort of entailed, sort of having a race day weekend abroad and all that sort of thing and all the preparation that's involved. But yeah, I think 2014 was the starting point of my awareness for the majors. Yeah. And how how did you find the difference between Berlin and London then? We ask this quite a lot on the show when people talk about doing foreign marathons and how, how did you find that, you know, the crowds, the event, the experience altogether at Berlin differed from London? Yeah, I think events-wise, they're not really comparable in terms of crowd support. It's very sparse in terms of a lot of areas in in Berlin where you're not really running to crowd. You're just basically following the next person in front of you. And the the streets are very, very wide um, in certain aspects of race. And you don't really feel the buzz of the crowd. I think for me, out of all the six, London and New York are probably the most comparable in terms of level of support, like in terms of how many people you can get banged up and sort of cheering your name so support wise it's not the same course fast very flat um it's a very much a a pb um sort of city you can really prepare really well and sort of execute the race really well the start and finish in the night in the in the same in the same location which is good for preparation and um yeah i went there with uh with the eyes of pbing i managed to do so at the time um which was really really good only by three or four minutes but initially Berlin was the first marathon for me and that bearing in mind that was my one that was my fifth marathon that I never had no issues digestively during the race or any sort of stomach problems because I I, I was finding that I was just not fine my diet wasn't right and my nutrition wasn't right going up into that point and that was the first race where I felt as if okay I'm eating the right food to not have a problem during a marathon whether or not it's the right like the right food for my body that's another question but Mm -hmm. 
um, it was something which was which was an eye opener. But yeah, in terms of course, yeah, really really good course. Brilliant. So everything's starting to click a little bit more now, isn't it? You talked about nutrition. You talked about getting into your stride, getting those PBs. Um, we've now you're aware of of what the World Major Series is. You've now done everyone that is available via a budget airline. <laughs> so it's going to stop being cheap soon. So what happens next? So yeah, I did. The t I think my focus was to just cut as much time as possible. I did the 2015 on the marathon. And I I literally PB'd by about seven eight minutes, and then I think I started to really really feel like I'm making inroads, and um, I wanted to do the Chicago marathon um, in 2015, but I just couldn't. I couldn't afford to go there in October. Um, I couldn't really get a spot and secure a spot. So um, I was happy enough to sort of just do the London marathon in 2015, but then I was lucky enough to win a ballot spot at the back end of 2015 for the 2016 Tokyo Marathon. And I think that's what changed everything because doing Tokyo, I really, really committed to joining a run club. Um, I started to take my training just a tiny bit more serious. Like I really wanted to sort of PB and sort of go under three hours 30 for the first time. And um, I was doing more speed sessions. I started going to the gym um, just, just, just adding a little bit more into the repertoire in terms of trying to get my body to perform a bit. And I, I did, I performed really, really well during that race. I knocked off like 15, 16 minutes, did like a 3.28 in Tokyo. And that's when I realised, okay, like my dream was always to go to Boston. I think early on, and I've sort of looked back on my sort of camera roll and I've seen pictures of the Boston medal from like 2012. So I was aware of the race, mm -hmm. just I didn't have no idea of what I would be able to go to that race because I wasn't in the position to sort of think time wise, can I can I go there? So, yeah, 2016 uh, was a big year because it was the first time I did three majors back to back. So I did Tokyo, London and Chicago. So, again, wow. I think that's knocked off four of yeah, four of them now in terms yeah, of. Yeah in total so i'm getting closer i just know that i've done four um it's just the other two that i needed to sort of obtain and for me boston was always going to be the last one because i wanted to qualify for it so however long it took i didn't care um i wanted to go there on merit and i wanted to go there with a qualifying time which was probably one of the biggest drivers in my in my running journey yeah, yeah amazing um so just 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 to loop back around how how was tokyo as an experience because completely different culture completely different way of life but amazing part of the world how did you find that whole experience of you know not just the race but around it visiting being in the city all that good stuff it was mental it was absolutely mental i remember we landed it was 14 hour flight and i went with my brother-in-law who spoke uh, some jack he speaks japanese so that was incredibly helpful to have yes. something to get around and i learned a little bit as well but i remember getting there we went to our hotel we went to the local starbucks and i said to myself i think i made a mistake like <laughs> so far from home i can't even order a flipping cup of tea and it was just like no it's just i don't know i had a lot of doubt and it was just a, such a culture shock like mm come so far just for a marathon and I was just like what am I doing like I really doubted myself for what I was where this journey was taking me and taking us and I just thought right this is such a such a crazy experience but that experience was amazing the race execution the way uh, they made you feel welcome the course um for me that race was 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 an amazing experience because like during the race someone bumped into me who uh, it was a girl I don't even remember her name she was like oh what are you running and I was like I'm trying to run 3.30 and she was like oh I'm trying to do the same and I was like she's like oh, let's run together and she paced she literally paced <laughs> the race and then I kind of I kind of left her after about 40k to the finish because she was a little bit 
flagging. So I, I knew she was behind me. I was like, okay, as long as we finish relatively close together, we'll break the time. And I'm sort of forever grateful for that sort of that meetup. And the funny thing was is that four days later, we did a excursion to Mount Fuji, um, mm-hmm. which is like four five hundred miles away. And I saw her there. Wow. And I was like, nah, this is just destiny. And like, um, at the end of the Tokyo race, you get to sign one of those Seiko time boards. You know, like we basically, it's like a massive one, that poster. And what they would do is then like maybe like 10 or 15 from the race, they'd put in the main store in Ginza, which is like the Seiko time store in Ginza. And I remember about three days after the race, we went there just to, just exploring, just to see the parts. And I saw my time board that I signed in the window. Yeah and i remember saying to my brother-in-law i was like listen like we were meant to come here like i'm a huge i'm a huge believer in everything happening for a reason and like and like destiny and stuff like that and i was just like we were meant to be in this location at this very time and i think that that experience the race everything around it sort of really really holds a very sort of special feeling in my heart in terms of um just 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 experiencing something like that and having that feeling yeah amazing and i don't want to gloss over chicago either because i'm sure that was amazing too but let's focus on where we go out the back of of that year because you've got your four stars now we know that new york's got to come at some point soon we also know that we've got to get that bqt so tell me tell me what happens next in your story man yeah so yeah chicago was okay i mean i'm not a huge fan of chicago um yeah okay we'll move on from that then Yeah, 2017, I'm kind of looking at, okay, I want to try and break. Uh, I want to try and get myself in position to break a three. I hired a coach in the summer of 2017. We worked together throughout that summer with the aim of doing the Berlin Marathon. So, again, I was doing London, Berlin and New York. Um, But it kind of fell off during the training block. I got a little bit injured. I ran the race in Berlin, managed to PB by a couple of minutes. They got me down to 3.16. Uh, so slowly, slowly chipping away just every so every so every race or so a few minutes here and there. But it, I was just not strong enough and sort of put me on the drawing board. I took a month off after the Berlin race to gear myself up into New York. I managed to get a ballot spot for the New York race in 2017. And uh, I ran with a friend who was coming back from a broken ankle. So we sort of paced each other for 3.30. So it was purely um, to do the New York, purely for the star and also just yeah. to uh just finished the race but i fell in love with the new york race just because i took the pressure off time away um because i was fairly i knew i could run a 330 i didn't think it was uh, overly it wasn't, wasn't pushing myself too too much obviously it was still difficult to do that after a month off but uh, we managed to do that perfectly fine and i fell in love with the city so i had five stars and it was just the one lone star which i just i was 16 17 minutes away from trying to qualify so i never i knew i wasn't going to make the 2018 boston marathon because i didn't even have a qualifying time so I think I knew that this is in the next year or so I need to try and do it uh, and make the necessary inroads after the New York race. Yeah. So, spoiler alert, <laughs> it's going to go well. Uh, but why don't you tell us what, what happened then? So what what's that change in dynamic? What is it that shifts that gets you that 16 minutes? So, uh, yeah, in 2018, I joined, a, I, I found another coach um, on just through Instagram, actually. He, he had run a sub three in the December previous. And I just said to my wife at the time, I was like, I want to do what he's done. Like, he's done it so well. And he was a coach, a strength and conditioning coach. And off the back of my injury, I was just like, first and foremost, I need to, I need to address my weaknesses. I need to look at my body. I need to understand what's going wrong in terms of where, why can't I make this, uh, this jump? So we worked together for three months from January to March. Um, and then he took my run coaching on from the March onwards, uh, up until this day. And I'd ran the London marathon in that year. 
with the intention of trying to break us up three but after 10k or so it was the race where it was the heat wave i just physically i wasn't in the right frame of mind and mentally i switched off a little bit and i think my my mode of the race sort of switched to trying to survive the race and get myself home because i just felt as if i there were so many external things going on in the race. I was taking too much water on. I was just trying to factor in that I don't want to end up in a tent and mm. I think it played with my mind. And I saw a lot of people in very bad state that day. And I thought, I think it sort of scarred me a little bit in terms of during that race. I thought, okay, I, today's not the day. And I, from there onwards up until <clears throat> the May, but in the Berlin Marathon in 2018, I worked my ass off. Like we worked together really well. It was our first training block together. We was in the gym together every week. Um, he's, we used parkrun every so often in terms of using that as a benchmark and i was able to really really train it's really hard i never pushed myself as hard um for that previously in my in my in my running in my running journey and um i ha- i gained a lot of confidence from improving um we were doing a lot more miles but it was more it was miles which were structured and they have purpose not just doing it for the sake of it and i remember going to berlin and i just knew i was going to break three i'd hit a 5k pb 10k pb half marathon pb up until then and i just had the confidence that on this particular day i just need to line up and just go execute the plan and having done berlin two times previous i knew where to go for the start i knew what toilet to go to i knew what hotel to go to so it was very much very well prepared and it was a rehearsed trip so i had no surprises which mm-hmm. was the big thing and i think that's the biggest tip i'd give to anyone else out out there is you can lose a race by going to by going abroad and not preparing well. Um, I cut myself off from my friends for that weekend until the race was over. I really became selfish mm-hmm. and I looked after myself um, because I just didn't want anything to disrupt it where I could say, oh, I, I didn't allow that to happen. And in that race, everything clicked. I went with the paces and stuff. I left him at 30K and I just sort of made a last 12K for home and I came in at 2.59. And luckily for me... Um, the Boston qualification window was closing the next day and I had a time which was six minutes under my age group. So uh, it was out of my hands. I did I did my part of the bargaining. So if I was to make the 2019 race, I had six minutes. And luckily enough, I found out 10 days after that that I was in and the cutoff was like four minutes. So I was well under. So I always knew I had to run a sub three to get in. And luckily it panned out that way. Amazing, man. Amazing. Right, we are getting to the victory lap of the six star story now aren't we dude so how was boston man oh boston is mental i if anyone has the opportunity any of the runners out there have the opportunity if you can time it to be that to, for that to be your last star do it like it is like the running mecca of the world and everyone is running obsessed you get to, every, i don't know it's just it's such a crazy place even like going from on the start line to get to the start line you take a school bus at like 6 a.m and it was raining so hard and like you're in a tent with so many other people you meet so many people from around the world like you do with most races and it's just very iconic like even starting the start line you get the american you get the national anthem and you're just in like a village in like in boston somewhere and you start off and you know you're going point to point and the whole course itself i mean it's i think i prepared myself as well as i could do for the course but it wasn't enough because it's absolutely brutal um you get 15 minutes of 15 miles sorry of rolling down hills and then you hit like five or six miles of hills and it's just punishing race and i think um i went out i went out too fast um although i knew it was my six star race and a good thing was that abbott was gives you and when you register that you're here in the city uh, for the race they give you a bib to wear on the back of your of your of your singlet one at the front one at the back 
Um, and on the back it says I'm going for my six star, and a lot of people during that race gave me a pat on the back, and I I couldn't help. I don't know, it just gave me goosebumps every single yeah. time everyone doing that, and um, it's an amazing feeling. But yeah, the course getting the six star there, it's just if I was to write a script, it was going to be this way, and um for me it was an amazing victory like luckily enough i managed to sub three again and pb so that was the main thing and i managed to hit that one target that i wanted to sort of better my time that i did previously but yeah it was very emotional i had my family out there who came to see if who'd been there from the start so i think it was so important to sort of cap that off at the same time but no i highly recommend it if you get the opportunity do it it's, it's an amazing uh, amazing experience yeah, incredible, man. And what, what a way to finish off the story. I mean, we've taken probably 20, 24 minutes of this conversation already just talking about it, but it's so interesting talking about all those different varying experiences and, 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 and what, what a finish. Um, six stars, though, that's not all you're about, sir, is it? So you've got a, you've got a pretty big social media presence, uh, YouTuber. How do you find that social media uh, sort of influences and is involved in your running journey? I mean, I love it, to be honest. I mean, it's one of the reasons how I connected, um, uh, even for this podcast, even for uh, other people that I've met in the community. And it's one of the reasons when I when I started running with uh, the Run Club, Nike Run Club in 2015, it was through social media, how I how I sort of um, found other people, the sessions, sharing it. Um, I became a pacer for them. So I was able to connect with so many other runners still to this day that I know. And um, I find it as a great training tool. Initially, I started it as a training log type of thing. And I find it a, a great platform to to learn from, to educate, uh, to find out what's happening in the community and around uh, with certain things, and it's uh, it's an amazing platform. And I can't I can't I cannot speak highly for how how much benefit it's given to me. And in terms of the YouTube, YouTube was something that I've always wanted to do. I just maybe didn't have the balls, and I think mm-hmm. fear um, played a big part in sort of me starting earlier. But it's something that I did, and um, I did it at the back end of last year, and I filmed myself during the virtual London Marathon. I literally only got the camera like three days before the race but I thought I have to do it, I have to do it and I just and I'm, I'm grateful that I took that plunge in doing it but and but the the, yeah, the community on YouTube is so different but it's uh it's it's an amazing sort of very um you, get, you feel a sense of sort of that appreciation that people sort of taking value out of something because getting giving putting a video out there and getting their time is one of the hardest things in such a busy world asking someone 10 minutes or so or, or from YouTube is, is quite difficult but I really enjoy doing it I think it's it's an amazing amazing platform and that links in with you, you coach as well, don't you? Yeah, I literally just started. I was just I launched it yesterday. Um, Amazing. So, but it's again, it's something that I've been looking to do for the past eighteen months to two years or so. And again, uh, for me, a lot of things uh, in my running journey have been about timing. Um, and this is one of those times where I've gone with my gut. And um, yeah, I'm a, a qualified running coach, so yeah, happy to take on runners and just basically anyone who's out there looking for the Abbott Majors. Uh, it's an it's an experience itself. So. If that's something you're looking to do or improve, then yeah, more than happy to to lend a hand. Yeah, amazing. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Before we do, though, apart from, I guess, building your brand as a running coach, carrying on with the social media, the YouTube stuff, um, from a running perspective, I guess once you've done the six stars, there's there's a little bit of a, a thought process of, oh, maybe I should put my feet up for a bit. But what's in plan for you then, man? What's what's 2021 looking like? What's the future uh, got, in, got in store for you? <laughs> Yeah, so even after the six star, I, I remember I, I did the Berlin race and I, I got managed to PB by eight or six or seven minutes up to two fifty one. So, again, by training hard, then it enabled me to sort of um, unlock a little bit more potential. I ideally would love to go under two forty for the marathon or two forty five to forty. So I think if that's something that I can do in twenty twenty one, fingers crossed, the London Marathon goes ahead in October and it's the 
full sort of marathon experience yeah. that would be amazing um so yeah in terms of running yeah I'm, I'm always looking and exploring to see how far and the, what the limit is for me um I enjoy running too much not to not give that a go and um at the same time yeah it does help as many sort of other athletes out there and other runners um as a tandem and, and learn from the experience being as a coach as well brilliant right then man so before we get out of here if people want to find out more about you if people want to find out more about the coaching if people want to find out more about the youtube there's a couple of ways they can find you can't they so uh you're on instagram i am yes yes you can uh, find yep go on, no go on you, you hit me uh yeah so my instagram luckily it's my first and last name so it's amrit power at amrit power and same again for my website which is www.amritpowergatora.com and it's the same thing for youtube as well so luckily enough it's just my name so once you find my yep. name you'll find me once we've got you once, we've got you for everything, haven't we? So <laughs> people can reach out, get in touch with you uh, about that. I'm sure there'll be people who might have questions about some of the amazing six-star stories, but uh, you're super present on social media and all that for a fact. Um, any, anyone else you wanted to mention, shout out, say hello to before we get out of here, dude? Um, yeah, I give a mention to my wife, actually. She's a big part of my running journey. I think it only took off. Uh, her name is Sean. She only took off uh, once she sort of came into my life. I think without that, I don't think I would be sitting here doing half of this sort of stuff. So, yeah. Big shout out to to her and also just in general the running community on Instagram. It's a lot of people to too many people to mention, but yeah, I get inspired from them daily, and I think um, giving that back is a huge part of my running running journey. Yeah, brilliant, man. Well, listen, I'm not going to take up any more of your day. I know you're a busy man. Amrit, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. Uh, your story is incredible. Uh, so impressed to hear about it. You've inspired me today. Um, hopefully, maybe when lockdown's all over, I can find my way down to London. We can grab a park run or something together. Um, but in the meantime, just just thank you for taking the time. And uh, and yeah, all the best, mate. Cheers, Rob. Thank you for having me on the podcast. And yeah, love to see, love to lay a sap and uh, join you at a park run. That'd be amazing. Sounds good. Take care, mate. Take care. Bye-bye. What would you say, Matt? Inspired to be a six-star finisher? Envious, mate, yes. Envious. Oh, I'd love to do it. I'd love to be able to do that. I'd love to be able to do it. Oh, I, just, I don't know what to say. What can I say? Just to see the sights. Just to go yeah. and see all those. Yeah. Running around, around the city you booked that marathon for. I mean, when I, when I went to London, that was the first time I did London Marathon. That was the first time I've ever been to London. So seeing that city for the first time, running around it, it's... Yeah, it's a sight to behold, isn't it? Wait to see it. Amazing. I've got a question for you. You don't mm. necessarily have to answer with one of the majors, although it would make sense if you did, but don't feel forced. Um, what's the one city that, you, that you'd love to do a marathon in, you'd love to run a marathon in? Probably Out Tokyo. Probably Tokyo. It's the, yeah. the, the culture. The, yeah. the, the, uh, it's it's, it's going to be totally different to what you've ever experienced before, isn't it? Uh, probably Tokyo, definitely. I think, I think I'm with you, that, you know, mm. that whole experience of going out and seeing that different part of the world and and mm. how, how, how people live and, and, and food and the, the culture. It's just such an amazing, interesting part of the world that really we, we, we know very little about in mm. the Western world. Um, it is kept separate in some ways. We had, um, we had Ellis on, didn't we, in series two, mm. um, who is a student of, of the Japanese language and art. It's incredible. Yeah. We'd have to yeah. take in wheels, wouldn't we? Yeah, translated. Yeah. So big shout out to Ellis Warren, season two, episode five, I think it was. I'm going to go back and have a list of that. He's fluent in Japanese. Um, and he's off to Tokyo, I think, once the pandemic kicks yeah. off. But yeah, yeah, I think Tokyo is a good, a good shout. Maybe one of the American cities. Maybe not mm. Chicago, though. No, no. Well, it's different. It's weird, isn't it? Because Amrit 
said uh, he, he wasn't keen on the Chicago one, but last week's guest, Stana, said it was one of her favourites, one of her best races. So it's, it's weird how two, yeah, weird how two, two different people like two separate races and one can be so different from the other, yeah. Different, different circumstances can impact things, though, can't they? Something mm. could have happened. We didn't touch on it. I, did, I didn't dig on that. We were running out of time for one and two. I didn't want to pry. But, you know, yeah. he didn't enjoy it. It might not have been the city itself. He could have had a bad experience. Someone could have said something yeah. to him. He could have had a bad day. You know what I mean? He could have had something funny the night before. Anything can happen. Equally with Anna, she might not have seen the fact that, you know, someone might have got mugged behind her, but she just didn't see it. You know what I mean? Mm. You just... It's amazing how things can change. Sliding doors. Slide. Oh, Matthew Taylor. That's a reference. I love it. I love it. Uh, just, just, just a quick one, though. I don't think I've ever seen that film. <laughs> I, don't see I know what it's about. <laughs> You should have just left it hanging. That was beautiful. That was 90s pop culture reference to the extreme. Mate, nice uh. one. Oh, speaking of that, going off topic a little bit, I'll tell you what I watched uh, on Disney Plus the other day. Have you ever seen McFarland USA? No. Mate, nobody has. Jack, have you seen it? Nope. No. Right, okay. So basically, it's just one of those like generic Disney sports films. But you boys know that I flipping love generic Disney sports films, right? <laughs> yeah. Anything anything with an underdog story in it, in the mould of Mighty Ducks. Also obsessed with Mighty Ducks Game Changers, even though I know it's targeted at kids. Love it. Love, love, love what Disney Plus are doing at the moment. But yeah, I was um, I was watching telly and McFarland USA. It's Kevin Costner film from the early noughties. It's based on a true story. And it's basically this like hothead coach who ends up like getting fired from his like good high school sports job. Uh, so he ends up going to this like really poor part of California. Um, it's it's a Mexican community, Latino community. Sorry, of course. Um, and uh, and yeah, and and he ends up coaching the football team, but he the, some stuff happens and he ends up not being able to coach the football team. So he finds that these lads, these the, these Latino lads, are just you know really poor, got no money. They work they work in the fields picking fruit and stuff in the mornings, then go to school. Um, they have to, you know, they work really hard. They're grafters. Um, you know, they've not, they're not living the American dream, but they're amazing runners. And mm. he ends up forming a cross-country team. It's it's mm. set in the late 80s. And it's, mate, it is so good. Like, so good. Guys, if you've got Disney+, Plus, check out McFarland <laughs> USA. Costner's, Costner's a banger and everything, isn't he? He's pretty solid, is Kevin. Um, but, yeah, amazing. Yeah, really good. Recommend it. I'll have to borrow your Disney Plus then, mate. Oh, will you piss off? <laughs> <laughs> Pay for your own subscription services, Matthew. I've got Netflix. Don't have for that. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, thank you, Amrit. Uh, please go and check him out. Uh, YouTube channel. It's just about to hit 1,000 subscribers, so uh, get him over the top of it. Uh, brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, for something he only started fairly recently. Definitely an inspiring guy. Um, he's caught the hearts and minds of people, and we were glad to talk to him. With that in mind, Tiny Man, mm-hmm. what are we going to do next? I know what's coming. I know what's coming. It's the... Mate, Matt, run challenge. Challenge, Matt! I'm brainless! <laughs> Just because I did it softly, you did it loud. <laughs> I swear to you, you thought Brian wasn't coming, didn't you? Gordon's alive! You thought he wasn't coming, but he was. Oh, his name's hiding behind me. Popped up. <laughs> um, yes, Mate, Matt, run challenge. So, 1-1. One, one. Uh, 
both fulfilled our forfeit obligation. <laughs> they went out on our social medias yesterday. Hoping yeah. people enjoyed that. Uh, my eyes are swinging, to be honest. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, yes. Uh, I don't think Sammy did. <laughs> uh, no, an unwilling participant, but a good sport. Apolog- I, I, I'll say it again, Summer. I do apologise <laughs> for I, cream I, pie in you. I thought it was funny. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Brilliant. But that means that we are all square. We are one to one. Yeah. Uh, and we fulfilled our forfeit. So we're basically we're on a bit of an even keel at the minute. It's kind of a fresh mm-hmm. start really this week. Uh, we had an excellent challenge this week, didn't we, Matt? What, what was your challenge? Yeah. Who took you on, first of all? Yeah, so, Mani- yeah so Manisha uh, came on and challenged me to find the most pubs, uh, take, take selfies with the most pubs in the, in four, what, four days. Uh, you, last day was today, which is Tuesday. We're recording on Tuesday for a change. Six days, Matt. You just didn't do anything about it until the sixth day. <laughs> I have been, I've been, I've honestly, God, I've been really busy. And then the sixth day, I've tried... Tried pulling it out of the bag and I but uh... his excuses. So another <laughs> member of our community has challenged Matt to a running fitness or fun themed challenge. This time it was most pubs echoing our scavenger hunt community challenge that we are doing. And Matt, how yes. many pubs did you find? I found thirty-two? Thirty-three? Thirty-two. It's relevant because Manisha found thirty-seven! Yeah! Yeah. 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 What do you think about that? You tiny. What can, I, what can I think about that? I, I, I had this last day to try and find. I had, I had a route planned out, right? I took my stepson. I took, <laughs> I took my stepson to football training, so I had an hour to, to, to do this route. And it got to like five, five to eight when I was picking him up. And I'm like, Oh shit! I need to go and pick him up. So I had to just drop all the challenge and go and pick him up. I should have just left him stood there in the dark. I think. <laughs> you know what I'm hearing? Excuses, excuses, excuses. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, all right then. You have failed. Game over. <laughs> Finish him. Finish him. Uh, yes, I won. Thank you, Manisha. Very. <laughs> Oh, this is brilliant. I don't do anything except for risk maybe having to do a forfeit. Yeah. So it is 2-1 to me. It's and weird. if it's 2-1 to me, Maddie boy, what does that mean? It means Jack has to get his little envelopes out again. And what's in Jack's envelope, in case there are any new... Forfeits. Forfeit! 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 <laughs> I'm being as obnoxious as possible this week. Yeah, no, I weren't like this last week, mate, at all. So you can you calm me down, please? Exactly like this last week. <laughs> do, you want to, do you want to go back and listen to it? Will you stop <laughs> No, we're good. Carry on. Hey, you J- JP, are you here? I'm here. I'm here. I've got my rustling envelopes. Rustling envelopes. And you are going to put yourself on mute afterwards and stop rustling them this week. I promise. I promise. Yeah, not put me off me for because uh, I'm a diva. Right, so which numbers have gone, Jack? Which numbers can't I have? Number four and your favourite number seven have gone. They're gone. Four and seven have gone. So I'm going to have anything I'm else. I'm dreading this. Up to 11. I'm going to go 
Just pick a number, for God's sake. <laughs> Excuse me, I didn't rush you last week. He can take his time. It's it's a difficult decision. It's my bloody podcast. I can do what I want. <laughs> right. I'm going to take Jack number eight. Number eight, please, Jack. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. God, this this gets me every what, time. What do you want him? What do you want him to have, Rob? Uh, I just want to see him his reaction to the second Oh God, I hate this! I hate this! Oh no, don't, Jack! Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm a little teapot on demand. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> So, Jack, why don't you explain to people what that means? Um, it basically means whenever Rob wants, Matt has to do I'm a Little Teapot Short and Stout song. For how long? With the instruct, with the, the actions as well, please. I reckon uh, I get five I'm a Little Teapots. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> From now to the end of the series. Between now and the end of the series, I get I've got the lyrics on. I can't remember it. I am a little teapot, short and short stout. stout. Here's my handle. Here's my spout. Here's my handle. Here's my spout. What's the next bit? If you, if, if, some of it, hear me shout. Uh, me up and pour me. Pour me out. You're going to have to learn the words, mate. But I, but I don't know him. Uh, Jack, what are the words? Have you have you just been squirreling away in the background? Can you help Matthew out? Yeah. Do you want me to sing it or just read it out? Just read it. It's fine. I'm read a little... the Brian Blessed voice. No, 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 no. <laughs> I haven't perfected that yet. I'm still practicing. Ready, Matt? Cool, I'm man. a little teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. When I get all steamed up, hear me shout, <laughs> tip me over and pour me out. Yeah, but wait, wait, wait. There's more. There's more. What do you, what do you mean there's more? Yeah, there's more. I'm a very special teapot. Yes, it's true. Here's an example of what I can do. I can turn my handle into a spout, tip me over, and pour me out. The extended no. version. Yeah. The director's cut. No. The Snyder cut. No, no, don't. Come on, man. Don't. It's rules and rules. <laughs> I'm the adjudicator, and I say I w- the extended, extended no. version I want. Yep. All right. It's all right. I will graciously... Because you brought me a pizza tonight, uh, you don't have to sing the extended version. Just, just, just first one. Oh. Deal. Well, it's got to be a deal, isn't it? It's a forfeit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you've got five to use. I'm going to yeah. put it on me, in my diary, so you don't overuse them. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll count them down as we go, and I'm sure we will make make sure they're filmed, mm. so uh, our fat like listeners and family can check them out um so that was last week but you've got your chance to get your revenge my friend Uh Uh are you ready for a new challenge i am bring it on bring it on confident for this one jack can you roll the uh roll the tape hi rob hi matt it's neil here 
also known as Marshall underscore mainly underscore running on Instagram and a proud member of Team Rob from season two. Now, I'm here to challenge Matt as part of the Make Matt Run Challenge. Challenge Matt. So far, they've all been quite physical tasks. Obviously, you're a running podcast, so I'd expect that. Um, But let's go for something different this time. I challenge you, Matthew, to a spelling competition. Now, I would say I'm not too overly confident with it, other than the fact that I don't think I'm going to have to go past five-letter words to beat you. And also, you can't even spell your own name correctly. So, let's see how you do in a spelling competition and sort the men from the boys. Let's get it on. I'm not confident for this one. (laughs) (laughs) You know what the best thing is? You know what the best thing is? Up until the very, very last minute, somebody else was going to do this week and it was going to be a cream cracker eating contest. (laughs) Come on! Come on! Which you'd have probably fared quite well in because you've got a massive oh. job. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, we had to flip things around and Neil oh. wanted to do a spelling bee. <laughs> now fire. I before E except after C. What's other ones? That you... <laughs> you can't even spell your own name, lad. <laughs> do you want to draw next week's forfeit now? <laughs> Just get it out of the way. Um, you, oh, you, never know. you never know. Neil might be a bad speller too. He might be fronting. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I'd be confident with one of the kids against you, but... <laughs> so, I'll give it a go. I'll give it my best. <laughs> so, guys, keep your eyes peeled on our social medias. We're going to be announcing the particulars of uh, this challenge. We're going to be IG live in it like we did week L- one. Live? Yes, live. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Okay. okay? It's, not, it's not that I don't make a fool of myself ever, is it? Anyway. <laughs> no, no, it makes, <laughs> makes no difference, does it? Um, you, you play on Saturday? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Can't think yeah. Of it. yeah. Saturday is, we'll finalise the time, we'll lock it in. It'll be on our socials on Friday morning. I will be your hostess with the mostess, as usual. Might even bring... My sidekick with me, hostess with the hostess junior. Um, and we will adjudicate your spelling challenge with Neil Marshall. What do you reckon? Uh-huh. Fair enough. Yes, let's do it. Let's, let's. No, got, we have to. You've got really deflated. <laughs> like, there's, you have your kind of like your showman deflated, where like we do something a bit on the show where you're meant to seem deflated and you do it and you go, oh, all right then. And then you have like your real, I don't want to piss in doing this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is this one. Yeah, this is one of those times, isn't it? 100%. Yeah. <sighs> I've got a good story for me today, please, Matthew. Oh, thank you. Thank you for moving it on. Yes, we'll forget about the Mate Matt Run stuff now. Uh, yeah, good news story. So, lockdown has had its many flaws uh, isolation, loss of jobs, businesses falling, all that sort of stuff. Um, but, Sammy, your good lady wife, found this story on the Evening Standard website. Um, and it's that lockdowns prompt a surge in numbers for downloading the Couch to 5K, so Donna being one of them, as long as many many of the uh, Fart Lake families finding us and also starting their own Couch to 5K plans. Um, during March to June last year, there was 858,000 downloads 
of the Couch to 5K app. So that's up up 92% in downloads. Um, so obviously people taking taking care of themselves, bettering themselves, uh, having a nation of, of runners, aspiring runners, um, but not also that the benefit in fitness. But we've said on the floor about mental health as benefits as well. Um, so basically the good news story is everybody that's downloaded the Couch to 5K plan and started their running journey. Well done to you, and you are our running heroes of the week. We yeah. doff our caps and salute all of you. Indeed. Uh, and you know what? I, I love Couch to 5K. I never did it. Mm. I love the concept of it. Um, I, I'd like to talk about it more. I'd like yeah. to find out more about it. So we'll we'll put this out on the socials as well. But if you're listening to this, if you, if you took up Couch, if you got into running through Couch to 5K, Especially if you've done it recently, like in lockdown, but it doesn't have to be, but it'd be nice if you did. Um, get in touch with us and come and have a chat with us for five minutes on the show um, yeah. next couple of weeks because I love it. I, I love the idea of it. I think it's such a good concept to yeah. ease people into running. Um, so let's let's see mm. if we get any bites on, 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 on the line with that because I'd, I'd, I'd love to talk about it. But absolutely agree with you, mate, those guys, everyone who's gone through the Catch the 5K process. Uh, welcome to the running community. We we value you. We love you. Uh, we're glad that you're here. Please stick around. Um, and well done. Um, that's about it for us this week, Matt. We'll uh, we'll let Mr. Penfold come on in a minute and tell us about uh, what he's doing on Saturday for after the finish line. However, mm-hmm. before we do, should we get some thank yous out of the way? Yes, obviously. Thank you for Amrit uh, coming on, sharing his story, six star finish. Well done to you for do, for for completing that. Um, yeah. So Statman John for all his antics. Southern Hemisphere this week. Oh, is it? Do you know what that means? Yes. Southern, Southern Hemisphere. hemisphere. Yeah. You just seem really shocked, man. It's, it's at the bottom of the world. Maxwell Hemisphere. <laughs> Saturday's going to be amazing. <laughs> Uh, yes, so yeah, Amrit, thank you. Uh, thanks, thank God. Big thank you, of course, to Graham Lindley for our emergency music. Um, who else? Yeah, th- thank you to Karen for joining Jack on the uh, the, the as for the finish loan. Uh, finish loan. God, Jesus. <laughs> I can't God. even speak, let alone spell. It could be Jack's spin-off show where he commentates on Crown Green Bowling. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't work, man. Too tenuous of a link. All right. <laughs> All right. Yes, thank you to Karen. She was brilliant. I know she was super nervous before going on, but I thought she was great. I really enjoyed watching it. Uh, thank you to Manisha. You were amazing. Really good sport taking part. Really, really enjoyed having you as part of the challenge. And thank you to Neil for stepping in um, quite last minute to do no. The... <laughs> no, 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 no. Screw yeah. you, Neil Marshall. <laughs> 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 um, very good friend of Neil, um, and always game for a laugh. So looking forward to that next. Week. And he's a Rob Ed, isn't he? For God's sake, yeah, metal. Yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> we're, we're even in the stores with the Rob Eds. Um, so yeah, thank you to everybody who's thank you. A big thank you as well to uh, to Sammy. Uh, who's took over our role as social media manager in the last two weeks and is doing an amazing job. Um, we've really grown on social media the last couple of weeks. If you do want to give us a follow, guys, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, just search What The Fartlek. 
um, you'll find us. Uh, we're also on YouTube now, of course. If you interact on there, you will now be talking to my good lady wife. She's uh, she's doing a great job over there. And a big thank you to Joe as well for coordinating all the um, uh, the community challenge stuff, uh, the, scav the family scavenge at the last minute. We appreciate you, ladies. Um, next week? Next week, we have... Sally Bryder. Sally Bryder. <laughs> next week, we have Sally Bryder. You, you, you don't keep me in the loop, mate. That's what it is. <laughs> keep you in the loop? Oh, God. Right, yes, yeah, Sally is on. So Sally is a wonderful story. She's an Asics frontrunner. Remember Jenna Wilkinson? Yes. She knows Jenna. Uh, she's a newbie, Asics frontrunner as well. Uh, so we'll get into that. We'll talk all about that. She's somebody who found running in later life. And she is a great example of age is just a number. That's her quote, not mine. Um, and, uh, and yeah, she's brilliant. Really, really nice. Really easy to talk to. She is. Nice. So looking forward to bringing you Sally's story next week. Uh, loads of content going out as well, haven't we, mate? Uh, we've got the... Make Matt run stuff for you and Neil the spelling bee on Saturday. Yeah. Um, but we've also got an episode of After the Finish Line with Jack Penfold. Why don't you tell us what's coming up this week, Jack? Yes. So if last week wasn't enough on the actual podcast, we've got Anna Chaplin back on After the Finish Line to dissect this week's episode because obviously she has got some of the six stars. She obviously ran Chicago, as you would have heard last week. So we'll be dissecting this uh this week's episode see what if she hopes to complete complete the six stars like i do um and then obviously we, again we just chat the usual stuff about statman john and possibly touch on the kipchoge thing because you know how much i love talking about races and i know anna does as well so that will be live on saturday on youtube really and, and some bonus questions as well i'll fire some of those over from from and then, mm -hmm. <laughs> Get enough of him, and how could you? His story was so interesting. Um, so looking forward to that, Mr. Penfold. I've already plugged the crap out of us on social media. Please do give us a follow on YouTube, especially, guys. We're trying to grow um, that channel. So if you're not subscribed to us already, please do so. Um, Before we go, though, Jack's got Jack's got a run with uh, Nick Butter, hasn't he? In, in a couple of days' time. Yes, that's an yeah, So it's, it's linking up with our season one, season three, series three opening guest, Nick Butter. Yeah. Nick Butler, who is on his round, run round Britain challenge, incredible, two marathons a day for 100 days. He started this week. He's doing amazing. If you don't follow Nick, go and follow him. If you're not listening to Nick's episode with us, why haven't you listened to it? Go and listen to it. It's brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah, and you're going out to see him, aren't you, Jack? You're running with him on Sunday. Yeah, so I'm going to run with him on Sunday the 25th and then again on Monday the 26th, just to keep him company and show him the sights of the wonderful Pagham Harbour where I live. But yeah, hopefully it'll be good fun. He's been doing really well because I think the first half's been, well, not half, the first couple of days have been really hilly. But yeah, looking forward to that. Flat down with you. You don't do it. Always um, flat here. I'm always flat. So yeah, brilliant. If you guys do want to give me a follow, I'm at Little Runner Boy Rob. Yeah, and I'm at Matty Owls. Jack. And I'm at Jack Penfield Running. You're lying. Three weeks on the trot. Well, yeah, you did it quite well. You did it quite well. Uh, right then, guys, that is it from us. May your runs be wonderful. Don't let lockdown get you down, man. We're nearly there. We're out of it. The pubs are open. We're having drinks. It's pretty good. Um, and remember, as always, most importantly, be excellent to each other. See you soon. Peace. <laughs>